Welcome back to the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. Also live on Facebook, in the group page. You know where it is, Sports Rap Podcast is the group. This is where I am. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, and I'm here with you. So, we talked about the divisional round, NFL divisional round in the playoffs uh, in the first segment. Reggie Brass, thanks for tuning in, good brother. And... You know, like I said, none of the games this weekend disappointed. Arguably the best weekend of football in a long time. Playoffs, regular season, whatever. Just football in general, in general, arguably the best weekend of football in a long time. And consistent both days, Saturday and Sunday. Really good games, if you will. Except for what I said about that. 49ers Packers games but we all understand why I said what I said but overall two days of really really good football that we have not seen this consistently in a long time but now we're going to move on and I know excuse me that in the last couple days there's been a lot of chatter about Daryl Morey some of his comments um, in, a, in a past interview and about the Ben Simmons situation. And I want to get to that. But before I do that, I have to get to Joel Embiid. If you have not been paying attention to the Philadelphia 76ers, and I know they had that hiccup Friday night against the Clippers, which was bad, um, they had a 24-point lead. They blew it. We know the story. We know where everybody on social media went with that story. But they bounced back, and they beat the Spurs last night. But more importantly, the dominant play of said Joel Embiid has become the talk of the NBA, if you will. Uh, last week, I heard Charles Barkley say that, and I quote, nobody on the planet is playing better basketball than Joel Embiid right now. Nobody. So just a quick note, and you know there was a running count, and it stopped for a minute. But just looking right now um, and making Joel's case for the MVP, which he is currently third in the running right now in the Kia official MVP race behind the Joker, who was the reigning MVP, and Giannis, who was number two, and Joel, like I said, is number three. So right now, Joel Embiid is scoring more points than minutes he's playing. He is right now playing 31.6 minutes a game, and he's averaging 33.4 points a game. Over his last 13 games, he has scored... 30-plus points, 12 of those 13 games. There was one game where he only got 25 and 13. Two games of 40-plus, one 40-point game and one 50-point game. He also, in this 13-game stretch, notched his first triple-double. Okay, so again, averaging more points than minutes he is playing. So a lot of the chatter is that Joel Embiid 
is not arguably or debatably the best center in the NBA. A lot of, I guess, media representatives still believe that Joker, the reigning MVP, is the best center in the league. Me, on the other hand, I beg to differ. Uh, you can call it a little bit of bias because I am a Sixers fan and I live here in the city, but making myself neutral, and I know that for us on the East Coast and in Philly, uh, the Joker is not visibly seen as much as we see Joel as far as basketball play. But when you look at, or when you hear that stat, that a player is averaging 30-plus points in his last 13 games. Overall, this season, he's averaging more points than minutes played. He is propelling and being a leader on this particular Philadelphia 76ers team. In his own way, he is pushing some of his young players. One namely and especially his point guard Tyrese Maxey to pick it up when he needs to pick it up. If he doesn't have a good game, he urges and encourages him, look, next time we're going to be all right. We're going to get it back. Again, beginning to show that leadership along with scoring. One of the games, I think it was the 50-point game, where he scored 50 and it was again, it was against the Orlando Magic. So let's just start there for a second. And I'll get back to the Orlando Magic thing in just a minute. But in that game, that's the game he scored the 50. He scored that 50 in 27 minutes of play. Yeah, I gave you a moment of silence. Just so you can let that marinate. 50 points in 27 minutes. And I know people are looking and listening and thinking immediately, just like when he did it. It's the Orlando Magic, though. Like, they're eating something, whatever, whatever. Like I somewhat jokingly said to people when discussing that game after the fact, I get it. It's the Orlando Magic. They're not good. They're young, whatever. They're still professionals. Again, I'm going to say it. It takes me back to what I've said before. On other instances, when we talk about the NBA, something that Charles Barkley said a long time ago that, that resonates with me and sticks with me until this day from the first moment that I heard it. Everybody on that NBA roster is there for a reason, from man one to man 15. And at some point in their basketball careers, every one of those 15 players was the man. Just to clear that air. So... Orlando being who they are and what they are is not the Sixers' problem. You can also have the debate and have people chime in and argue that, oh, well, it's the magic. That's what he's supposed to do. And I understand it. I get it. But don't you also think that just the play, you take the names away, you take the play, like we mentioned, 50 points in 27 minutes, that play speaks for itself, regardless of who he's playing against. At that particular moment, that type of play speaks for itself. So the somewhat quiet, 
sly argument is still that in some people's belief is that Joker Nikola Jokic, the Joker, is still the best center in the NBA. I again I disagree with that. And I can go back just real quick, I'll go back to the playoffs. I think it was last year or the year before that. It was last year when he won the MVP. And Sixers made it to the second round. Ultimately, it didn't work out the way we all hoped it would, the way we all planned that it would. But that's another story. But it took them seven games to get ousted. Denver Nuggets, with the reigning MVP, got swept. Again, another moment of silence. They got swept. But none of that was ever talked about. The past chatter and downfall about Joel Embiid was that he doesn't play enough games. He's never in shape. He's always hurt. Well, we saw what he did overall in that Atlanta Hawks series last year. And again, I say, didn't work out the way we planned. Didn't work out the way we hoped. But you had to give this man tons of credit for playing with a small tear in his meniscus. Which is something that a lot of other players would have shut it down and not played. He wanted to attempt to put this team on his back and show his leadership then and played through all of that pain and still put in work through all of that pain. So now we carry over to this season. He had his bout with COVID. But when he came back from COVID, a game or two back, he picked up right where he left off what he was doing before then, averaging 30, putting in the work. So now he has the support, or let me say for a lot of the mass media critics who talked about him being hurt, him missing games, are now seeing what we thought we had in Joel Embiid or what we never knew we really had in Joel Embiid when drafted here. But now they see what kind of impact and what he can do when healthy. They're all praising him for being healthy right now and doing what he is doing. So I'm going to go through an article. And this article struck me when I decided I wanted to bring this conversation to the table, this dialogue to the table. And it's basically talking about three reasons to take Nikola Jokic over Joel Embiid for MVP. All right. So the article leads in and I'm reading this from the article. So quote, even as the reigning MVP, MVP Jokic's constant superstar like performances do not get a ton of national attention, national media attention. His style of play to manufacture shots for himself and his teammates are not sexy, but Nikola Jokic continues to showcase why he is still the best center in the league. End quote. So before we go into the three reasons that they give in this article, let's let's pick this apart for a little bit. Uh, his constant superstar-like performances do not get a ton of media attention. Okay. That's the market that they're in, in Denver. Again, that's not our problem here with the market we have in Philadelphia. Joel Embiid's constant superstar-like performances 
are getting the media attention. So people are being put on notice. Also says, and they're speaking of Jokic, his style of play to manufacture shots for himself and his teammates are not sexy, but he continues to show why he is still the best center in the league. All right. So I think Joel's style of play and him right now beginning to manufacture shots for his teammates off of cuts and some of his passing as of late is very sexy. I also think Joel's style of play is very sexy because he's not only doing it on the low block in the post, as people have suggested and wanted him to do for many years. Um, He's doing that now. He can also stretch to the mid-range. He can also stretch to the three-point line. But what I've also noticed is that he is beginning to continue his skill set in picking up and recognizing double teams. And he is still continuing to be to recognize decision-making or his decision-making out of these double teams and off the reads from these double teams is get, still getting better. Now, him manufacturing shots for himself, I think that's the easy thing for him. and He's been showing that where he can score on all three levels. You've even seen him push the ball and go 94 feet and score and sometimes get the and one. Something that you don't really see or don't think about having in a seven-foot or in your seven-foot center. So, in my opinion, I think Joel should be heavy as he is in this MVP conversation, but I think he should be higher than three. Uh, Giannis has a lot more help around him. And I'm not taking away anything that Giannis is doing uh, on an individual basis, but when you look at the makeup of those rosters, Giannis has a little bit more around him than Joel has right now. Um, Since the COVID bug had hit this team and it's been continuous for the last couple months, Key players have been in and out of the lineup. So you haven't gotten a full taste of what this man can do when all of the five starters are together consistently. Like I said, there's been hiccups where people have been out and then people come back and you got to work their way back in. So you haven't, you've been getting, you've been getting snippets of it, but you haven't gotten a full taste of what it could be. So, Getting into this article, the first reason they say is Embiid still has not reached the conference finals. Okay, I give you that. He hasn't reached the conference finals. But again, they brought up this point. Embiid tallied 50 points in 27 minutes, being the fastest player in NBA history to reach that 50-point, 10-rebound milestone. Then it goes into just, just in their own support of Jokic. It says Jokic followed it up later that night with 49 points, 14 boards, and 10 assists. Okay, I give you that. He got the triple-double. 
in a victory, another victory over the Clippers, who aren't that good right now, over the Clippers. But mind you, in that game, ball, my guy, what's going on? Yes, indeed. Appreciate you, bro. Um, I'm going to hit the camera and try and bring you in if you can get in on the live. So I'm going to send it now. If you can get it, you can get it. If you get in, you get in. Now, also, again, getting back to that Joel, I mean, that Jokic thing, he scored the 49 points, 14 boards, and had the 10 assists. Yes, the triple-double against the Clippers, again, who I said are not very good right now. And also, adding into that, he played 41 minutes, and that game went into overtime. Okay? So, that's that. And like I said, I give you that he hasn't been to the finals. But again, I bring up that point where Jokic won the MVP, and then his team gets swept out of the playoffs, and no one talks about that. It was not heavily talked about like the other issues. Okay, cool, ball. That's cool. But, you know, I got your comments. So I know you're tuned in. So as you are tuned in, when you give me your comments, I'll definitely get them out and share them with all the other uh, viewers and listeners. So this article goes on to say um, there are critical games over... Uh, let's see. There are critical games over the past seasons wherein he would disappear at certain stretches. Speaking of Embiid, okay, it says just in last season's game, disastrous game seven, he scored. Embiid recorded 31 markers and 11 rebounds, but he was missing in the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, okay, and remember again, like I said, I give you that, but I also say that he was. Hey, there he is, folks. If you're on the live, you got my guy, Aaron Baltimore, on scene, and you know what it is. What's happening, good brother? I'm, I'm going through this this Joel Embiid Jokic comparison right now, and you know I've already put out there about the 50 point game against Orlando, and I also uh, mentioned that a lot of people are going to somewhat take it lightly and say it was the magic and yada 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 uh but i backed up saying back my opinions up by saying still professionals and if you take the names away the way that he got that 50 points in 27 minutes the play regardless of who he's playing against that play uh speaks for itself in my opinion Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, one of the other things they mentioned was that Joel Embiid has not yet reached the conference finals. 
I say, uh, in rebuttal to that, okay, fine and well. But what happened when Jokic won the MVP and then his team went on to get swept out of the playoffs? And like I said, I give you that the the outing of the Sixers was disastrous against the Hawks. And all anybody that was watching will agree with that. But nobody mentioned and nobody talked about this guy being the MVP, allegedly the best center in the league, the leader that he has been talked about being. And I get it. He lost uh, Jamal Murray, fine and well. But if we're talking about him, nobody talks about how they got swept out of the playoffs. I also stated that Joel Embiid was being a leader, toughing it up, and playing on a with a small tear in his meniscus. And I think the Sixers have had stretches without Ben Simmons, who's arguably our second best player on the roster. With the makeup of the roster now, with all these guys in and out, like I mentioned, we're, we're getting spoon-fed, we're getting snippets, appetizers, hors d'oeuvres of what could really be if that starting five that we have is together consistently. We're getting pieces of it. But I still think even with these guys in and out of the lineup, I'm looking at a 13-game stretch with 30 or more. 140-point game, 150-point game. So I understand a lot of people's argument about Jokic still being the MVP and, and wanting to call him the best center in the league right now. But I also say... Joel is in that ring with a heavy puncher's chance. In my opinion, right now, it kind of feels like Mike Tyson fighting Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. It does. It's the fear Absolutely. He's a true bad man with no problem. And he's in this team full of, and we like the bad news bears, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been I've been saying that for the longest. Uh, right now, folks, I went back in, so we are tuned in live on Facebook. I got my partner on the split screen with me. We're talking Joel and B and some Sixers. And 
again, I'm with you on the Tobias thing. Like I said, going back to the whole entire situation as to why he's still here, at the time when that initial trade was made to bring in him and Jimmy Butler, after that short run, uh, both of those guys became free agents. And like I said, the business side of the thing, I understood where the Sixers' thought process was. We can't let both of these guys walk away. From what we just did, even with them, we've got to keep one of them. So it was put out there. Jimmy was adamant and knew that he was not coming back. So they went with Tobias. And again, I didn't agree with the money, but I understood the situation and why they brought him back. Because like I said, they couldn't afford at that time. They couldn't afford to lose both of them. But the money thing is what really got me to talk about it. And I also have been saying for the longest that his inconsistent play is what's hurting us. Could you imagine if, let's just say there was no COVID, we were healthy, with our starting five of Joel, Tobias, Danny Green, right now Maxie, and Seth Curry. Okay. Could you imagine where we would be if those guys had been healthy from the entire time, the beginning of the season up until now. And we've seen all we've seen every one of the starting five has had time off with COVID. So again, like I mentioned, spotty lineups, in and out of the lineup. If con- Tobias Harris was consistent, you can only imagine where this team would be. We would be b- being talked about like the Chicago Bulls are being talked about. And the Chicago Bulls have hit a rut right now. Levine is out. I believe um, Caruso, well, and I believe Caruso is out six to eight weeks now. I also believe that Ball is going to need surgery. So he's going to be out for an extended period of time. So their fate may change, unfortunately, immediately, which is pretty much going to open the door for the Sixers to move up if they continue to play the way that they've been playing for the most part. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we probably won't get them. Yeah, we, we, we probably won't get them now um, because you put it out there and asked for them to come. So they probably won't come in now and, and chime in on that. So, you know, um, the next thing 
or the last thing they talk about is uh, Jokic's unreal passing skill set. I can agree and um, very easily argue that currently I could give him that one slight edge over Joel being a better passer. I also say that Joel Embiid is still somewhat a work in progress as far as that aspect of his game. But it's getting better. Just like I mentioned, he's getting better with now analyzing, picking up, and reading double teams a lot faster than he has been in the future. He's now realizing that I need to make a decision. So if I'm going quick, I'm going quick and I'm going to beat the double team. Or when the double team comes, I'm recognizing where it's coming from and I'm scanning the rest of the court to see whether I have an outlet or do I need to try and score on this double team. I think he's been doing well with that, especially in the last 13-game stretch. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, you know, again, like I said, and I mentioned in the beginning, I'm sure you heard because you were tuned in, there may be a little bit of bias there, but knowing what I know from the three levels um, where my IQ spans on the game, I understand how people are going to say what they're going to say. But, I think Joel needs to be a little bit more considered, a little bit higher than where he is. Like I said, because Denver is a small market and they don't get the amount of media that Joel gets, I said there's been a flip in the mainstream media on Joel Embiid. I mean, I've heard Shaq, I've heard Chuck, I've heard Jalen Rose even say, and I quote, he's in shape. It's a bad man, end quote. You know, just like I mentioned earlier, just last week, Charles Barkley even went on a limb and said, there's nobody on the planet playing better basketball than Joel Embiid right now. And he's continued that since then. You know, so I get it where the game within the game, like we like to say, we watch the game, and I see the 
excitement, the shimmies and all of that from Joel, which in my opinion is fine. I have no issues with that. But I think a lot of other people are more inclined to swing to the quote-unquote cleaner image of Jokic and his nonchalant, uh, stoic, you know, mentality and mannerisms where you don't see the real excitement and all of that. But I think basketball is an exciting sport, so I have no issues with you showing your excitement, especially if you're doing it on a consistent basis. If you come out and you give me some of that tonight, the next two games, and the next four games you off, I don't know. But when you're doing it every night, I have no issues with what you're doing and how you're doing it. I just wish you the best. Got you, brother. Okay. Okay, cool. Appreciate you for popping in. You know, as always. Yes, sir. So, there you have it, folks. I had my guy pop in with me. And, you know, good dialogue as always. Um, You know how we do. You know what goes on. Now we're back. So, thanks again, Bob. Oh, and I'll let you go before I can say this to you, but I know you want to hear me. I know you tuned in. Congratulations to you and your 49ers for that game and reaching the uh, NFC conference title game. So all of that conversation, all of that dialogue, and now we can move into one of the other parts of this entire situation in our Sixers talk, where we talk about, and a lot of people have been, throwing the question around as, or or throwing the question around, are the Sixers wasting Joel Embiid? In my opinion, I don't think they are. Because, ironically, if you look at his career, this right now is arguably the best he's been playing. This arguably right now is the best run of his career so far his young career so far. And like we all we, we all knew when people always say it, he fought through the injuries. We talked about the injuries and all of that. But just remember, we haven't talked about all those injuries this year. We haven't even talked about really that torn meniscus or that tear in his meniscus. The main thing that we talk about is how he is dominating and the one instance where he was out for COVID. And he all, he admitted himself that it hit him hard. But he came back and he picked up right where he left off. So in my opinion, that leads me to believe and shows me a leader, the leadership quality, and that shows me where he should be more discussed in this MVP race. So we'll move into the last segment, and I just wanted to get that in real quick, where I mentioned with Daryl Morey, who did an interview, you know, and he kind of mentioned that it would be less likely than likely that Ben Simmons would be moved by the trade deadline. Um, We've been talking about trade scenarios, and there's been a lot of chatter involving the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Maury even went as far as saying that the Kings have some stuff that could work. Will it happen? We don't know but they do have some stuff that would work. 
um, then I just get a report this morning that says that things are starting to change and that the Sixers prefer or be prefer or be are becoming more comfortable with waiting until the offseason to pursue James Harden and then make a move at that point involving Ben Simmons, uh, where there possibly could be a sign and trade or there could be a trade and then signing James Harden in free agency. Uh, it's also been put out, if you haven't been paying attention, if you haven't been following, uh, in the last several weeks or so, James Harden has coyly hinted that if things don't work out as planned in Brooklyn, that he may be looking and willing to relocate. Uh, we all know his relationship with Maury. We all know the chatter that was um, last offseason about a possible trade, just couldn't get something done. And we all have heard the chatter about his relationship with Daryl Maury. So that's the route that the Sixers are actually preparing for right now. Um, like I said, as of earlier this morning. And there could also possibly be another move or other moves in the offseason if they don't do anything by the trade deadline. And I also feel like there could still be a move made, maybe just not the Ben Simmons move that everybody wants to happen or wishes that happens at the trade deadline. There still may be a move, just not that move. And again, I think with the Ben Simmons situation now, and I, I, I've been saying for the past couple of weeks um, that I'm actually over it, but I've got to do my job. I've got to bring you the news as I get updates. I, I'm over it. You know, I, I feel like the marriage has run its course. It's done. And people, you know, are still in the organization are still maybe somewhat optimistic that he could play for the Sixers. I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Um, I honestly think that, he will be here until the off season and then something to happen in the off season. But again, I'm not discounting or, or losing sight of the fact that there also may be a deal made still around the trade deadline, just not the move that a lot of the fan base wants to be made. So you look at it and again, you kind of have to figure the Sixers roster right now where like Baldy mentioned Tyrese Maxey is beginning to come into his own and I've said this before um just wait until he fully understands the role of an NBA point guard and again it's like beneficial super beneficial to him the two coaches that he has right now and his head coach in Doc Rivers and then Sam Cassell assistant coach two Really, really good guards in the league. Um, two different types of point guards, but really two solid, really, really good guards who had really, really good careers in the NBA. I mean, Sam Cassell won three titles throughout his career. So what better way or what better people to have in your corner than those two? So again, Tyrese is beginning to come into his own, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from the young kid. I think him and Joel are now beginning to create that bond where there's a big and a guard. 
Um, we've already seen it, the two-man game. We've seen several times uh, with him and Seth Curry. And unfortunately, Seth is out again with small injury. We see what happens. And, you know, in, in Joel's defense, with all the double teams and teams are going to show doubles and they're going to come or they're not going to come, and that's due to the personnel. You know, certain situations with Danny Green on the floor, although he has not been as consistent as we uh, somewhat expected him to be, he's older in age, but he's shown that in moments of games on the defensive end and in certain spots he can hit shots. But as far as general gameplay, when you have a guy like that on the court, it kind of tends to have teams rethink how they want to double Joel Embiid. Again, I think, like me and Baldy both said, we need to see uh, more consistency out of Tobias Harris, which would also help. Um, Isaiah Joe is beginning to get minutes and is beginning to show what he can do. George Niang is looking like, um, for lack of a better word, a steal in free agency along with Andre Drummond who I think was a steal in free agency. So I think that the Sixers will be a healthy team down the stretch when it's going to mean more, making a hard run for the playoffs. Right now, I think they're in sixth place overall in the East. I think they have room to move up once they get consistently healthy. Like I said, it's been patchwork. All season long, but guys have been in the lineup and not of it and back in and back out. Um, Matisse Thibel, the defensive wing presence, um, still needs to work on that offense, but he's young, third year in the league. Those things will come. But what he gives us on the defensive end is just amazing for a player that young at the level that he is on the defensive end in the NBA. So that's a, a blessing. And that's something that I believe the Sixers want to keep around. And that also helps JoJo on the defensive end, even though we know Joe plays defense, but that sometimes helps him on the defensive end where he doesn't have to come off as much um, with the defense, defensive prowess of Matisse Thibel. So with that being said, again, the Sixers have been reported to be preferring or content with waiting until the offseason to have a deal made with Ben Simmons. And again, as always, I'll keep my ears to the street, to the stories, and let you know what I know as soon as I know it and keep you all updated on that situation. That also wraps up today's installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. It's a little early today. I said we would go to one. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my end. You know, I've said everything that I feel like I needed to say today so we're going to close there um in the nba your schedule for tonight you got the knicks and the Cavs, the bulls and the thunder pacers pelicans and jazz and Suns. in the nhl you got the ducks and the bruins the stars and the flyers the kings and the rangers the golden knights and the capitals the canadians and the wild the blues and the flames and the blackhawks and the avalanche and in men's NCAA basketball, 
top 25. You got number 18, Texas Tech, facing number 7, Kansas. And Arizona State is in Cali, going up against number 16, USC. It's your boy, Sports Rap D. You know where to find me. Right here in the group, Sports Rap Podcast, on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter, at Sports Rap underscore D. You can check the website, Sports Rap Radio. Dot com. Remember, if it's your first time typing it in, you have to take out radio, you have to take out show. It's going to come up, Sports Rap Radio Show. You take out the show, it's just sportswrapradio.com. YouTube, Sports Rap TV. Folks, there are a lot of videos over there. I need you to get over there, like, subscribe, let me know uh, how you feel about the videos that are there. But more importantly, like and subscribe. Then hit that bell so you'll know know when new video goes up. Also, the audio later this week will go up. iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GW District, and most of your podcast outlets. Also, before I go real quick, recap. Last Thursday or this past Thursday, I was at the Drake Tavern. And as you know, we will be mobile every other Thursday at the Drake Tavern from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., our next appearance there is February 3rd, so stay tuned for all the details via social media about that particular situation. You can scroll back through and you'll see I was there on site. You see the picture, the chairs, a little empty behind me. Got to fill those chairs up. Still a work in progress, but we're getting to it. We're going to have trivia contests for possible free drinks and other stuff, other prizes and other contests. So stay tuned for more details on that. And it's Monday, beginning of your work week. Not as cold as yesterday, but it's still wintertime. It's still chilly out. So be careful. Be safe out there in these streets. As always, be great on purpose. I will see you all week on social media. And right back here next Monday, Heat100Radio.com, Sports Rap Podcast. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, signing out. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right